Welcome to MMA Futures. Um, first, first segment of the new year here. I'm joined by former UFC lightweight Joe Ellenberger and LFA uh, announcer and announcing great Mike Kendall. Um, starting a new segment here. We're going to be talking about uh, some picking some fights and, and going down that route. First fights of the new year after four weeks off. Um, let's hop right into it. Um, so our coming event just got moved. We got Jennifer Maya versus Kaylin Chikugian. Chikugian, yeah. Chikugian. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. <laughs> Chikugian and Maya, yeah. Um, you know, tell me a little bit of how you see this matchup going and kind of what you see happening here. Well, and with Kaylin right away, I know she's got um, a victory over uh, Jennifer Maya by decision a couple years ago. Um, it looks like they both had some, some good competition since then, um, both coming off losses to uh, the champ. Um, I believe Caitlin has a win over the champ's sister, An Antonia Shevchenko. And so I know this might be a number one contender fight, too, to see who can maybe get another shot at the title. Um, if I remember right, we have um, Chikagan is a minus 180 favorite. Um, you know, obviously that's probably about right. I know Maya's going to come in with a little more uh, attack and savvy, probably try to get that thing to the mat, um, you know, and, and grind out the decision. I know it's a co-main, so three rounds is, is a little bit, you know, not as long. So I think it, it, whoever kind of establishes their presence first might be might be better off. Um, betting lines are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you sign up with MyBookie, um, use promo code MMAFUT as in MMA Futures. Our lines on this one are uh, plus 150 for Jennifer Maya and minus 180 for Kayla Chikugian. Um, who do you guys got on this one? You know, I will say um, with, a, with a fight this close, um, there is definitely value in taking that underdog. You know, you bet, uh, you know, 100 bucks to win 150 on the underdog. That's not a bad value play just based on, you know, fights obviously are, are, are such a toss-up. But this fight in particular is just extremely close. And so, um, you know, I'll take Maya by, uh, by upset. I would, uh, as Joe said, you know, there's value in taking the underdog these two uh, fighting such a close battle the last time that they fought with each other, uh, it's a good bet, you know, that you know, maybe Maya was able to, you know, make, make changes to her game plan and coming in, fighting Shikugian, uh, and, and we're looking to see that happen here uh, Saturday night at the University of Florida. So the last time these two fought, it went to a decision, um, split decision. Our over-under on this is two and a half rounds. Um, are you betting the over or the under on this Yeah, one? that sails over. I, th I don't think anybody gets stopped. Uh, they're both super tough. Um, I know uh, Jennifer Maya's last time out, uh, she was able to grind out uh, Jessica I, who is a tough, gritty, you know, wrestler, you know, Cleveland native. She's just tough. Um, I know she's living in Vegas now, but a lot of her training, a lot of her uh, coaching, you know, came from a lot of uh, that Midwestern wrestling. And so I feel like grinding out a decision win over, over her like that could potentially catapult her to a win. And she's known to start off pretty quick, and she, you know, she can win the first two rounds in in this in this match, and you know, grind out that decision as you said. Uh, she did the same thing with Jessica I. So, you know, to Je with Jessica I being you know an extreme level athlete, and, and uh, uh, you, you could see that that going the, the same very 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 much the same way in Shikugian fight. Yeah. Awesome. All right, in our coming in our main event, we've got Qatar uh, versus Chikadze. Um, you know, Mike, how do you, uh, what do you know about these guys and how do you see this kind of breaking down? Well, uh, both guys are pretty even across the board, both the same age. Uh, 
Shikadze has a two-inch uh, height advantage and a two-inch reach as well. Um, you look at Cater, and he's got, a, 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 if you, on paper, his record looks considerably greater, you know, with 22 wins, five defeats. Uh, he's the number five ranked uh, featherweight. And then you look at Shikadze's record, where it's 14 and two, but what a lot of people don't see and that might not know is that Shikadze actually has 22 wins in glory kickboxing as, you know, knockouts uh, with about 40 fights in, in kickboxing. So when you, when, you, when you stack that on top of his MMA record, it, it, the, the, the momentum kind of shifts in the, in the favor of Shikadze. But um, looking at both of these two guys in their most recent fights, uh, both guys are very, very, um, they're, they're high, they have high fight IQ. So they take that first round to feel out their opponent, to see what they're gonna bring to them, and then towards that end of that first round and then into the on, oncoming rounds, they really start to pick up the pace. And both guys are very, very, uh, they don't really wanna go to the ground. They are, they're confident in their striking. There's no really no need to, for takedowns to that effect. But both guys, severe, lethally severe in striking. Uh, so you're, you're looking at this being a stand-up battle. So, I mean, will it go the distance? I don't know, but Cater's power um, if he's able to get inside the reach of Shikadze, you know, you could see a win in that, in that, uh, in that, in that way. Shikadze is the favorite in this fight, extreme, like an extreme favorite. So if if Cater can get inside on him, you know, you're looking for an upset in that, and uh, that's that would be my pick, I think. I'll tell you right now that Shikadze, um, you know, he's got that patented liver kick. Um, I've known Giga for quite a few years. Funny enough, um, I believe that when um, Catter made his uh, UFC debut against Andre Feely, that same year, Giga Shikadze made his MMA debut. So, I mean, when it comes to MMA, you know, Catter does have the experience, um, but Shikadze is no stranger to adversity. Um, I know he, in kickboxing, his fights, he would fight from 145 all up to 180. He didn't care. He was looking for the toughest guy in the best fights. And so, um, and obviously he's trained under, you know, Matt Rafael Cordero out in Southern California. Um, if you remember when my brother Jake fought Matt Brown, he ended him with a liver kick. Um, we literally trained that with Giga for about three months before that fight. We knew Matt Brown kept his hands high, body was open, and obviously it turned out really well for us that night. Um, but uh, Shikadze, you know, in 2017, 2018, he was kind of getting his start, in my opinion. You know, he was a little bit green still. Some of the guys that were good wrestlers, some of the guys that were good grapplers, you know, he did have a problem with, but his striking has always been second to none. And I mean, these last even three, four fights have really shown his maturity as a fighter, but also as a mixed martial artist. And, you know, he's the kind of guy too, he's, he's carrying the country of Georgia on his back. And um, I think that's super cool. I know he wants to, you know, bring a world title back home um, to them and so, you know, obviously he's got a, quite a test of, of Catter in front of him this weekend. But, uh, you know, I got to roll with Shikadze. He's my guy. You know, he's minus 250, but um, he's as tough as they come. And our current uh, my bookie AG odds on this are actually Chikadze at minus 235, coming a little it bit closer to that middle. Yeah, it was 250, 250, came down to, to 235, um, and Cater's at a plus 195. Um, so let's talk over under on this. Uh, it's two and a half rounds. Do you see? Do you see anybody get out of this before the, the end? That, that that's probably the toughest one. I think the over under at two and a half is still about minus one seventy for the over. And so I think uh, uh, you know the the thought process is 
you're going to have two guys playing a chess match, right? Not, no one's going to get caught. Now, the thing about both of these guys is if they have an opening and they both have the power to do it, they're going to catch somebody and they're going to put them to sleep. And obviously when we watched, you know, Tatter's last fights with uh, even Dan Edge and then also obviously Gentleman Stevens, who's one of the tougher guys out of the Midwest, you know, Tatter's got power and he finds openings and he is tough. Um, again, on the other side with Giga, he's very, you know, he's very strategic the way that he fights, um, he moves, he's, he's, a, he's a Rubik's cube, right? I mean, when his feet are moving, his hands are moving, you don't know where the attack's coming from. You know, you, you can get, anybody can get clipped, right, in this game. And so, you know, if, I, <laughs> if I'm betting that, I'm actually not betting it, I'm just watching with my popcorn. <laughs> right. Well, with both, with both fighters with, with, you know, main event, five round experience, um, do you see, like, because the over-under is two and a half rounds, do you, got, do you see these guys um, kind of slowing the tempo a little bit, being a little bit more patient uh, in, in, in trying to weather that storm and then, you know, come, come with counter? You know, it's tough. I, I, I can see Tatter probably coming out a little bit more with a, with a pace, um, I would say, much less of a sense of urgency. And whereas I would see Giga, he comes out and he's just trying to take your head with him back to Fabrizio Giorno, right? <laughs> and so he's going 100 miles an hour. Um, and I know, you know, his experience now has really taught him that he can push like that and continue for all five rounds. But, I mean, Calvin Tatter's one of the better, you know, conditioned guys in the game. So it ain't like he's given anything up either. Um, I, I, I guess if I had to, if I, you know, if I had to gun to my head, throw a bet down, I'd bet the over two and a half rounds, only because I think we're going to see more of a chess match, more of like an, a diehard MMA fan favorite type fight where you might not see all the blood, you might not see a vicious knockout, but you're going to see an awesome display of skill on both sides of the table. And Mike, one of the things I'm most excited about having you on here for is you're able to see a lot of these guys through LFA coming up before they actually hit the main stage. You've seen these guys fight, you know their styles. And it gives us the opportunity to talk about some of these younger guys coming up. Um, who on the undercard or you know, below those co-main and main, who are you picking to, to win on this? Well, I mean, you, you touch on a, uh, on a very valid point, you know, uh, and this, this card is, is no exception. You know, there is, a, there is a huge percentage of UFC rosters that have, are guys that have come out of the RFA or LFA. Um, my, my pick, the one I'm kind of most excited to watch in the prelims is uh, Dakota Bush versus Slava Borshev. Uh, I had the pleasure of, you know, and the honor of announcing both guys. Uh, Borshev is, you know, a teen alpha male guy. He's, I mean, if you look at the, the roster and the, and the kind of guys that he has access to and, and training partners um, with alpha male, I mean, it's just, you know, top notch all, all across the board. Uh, so you're, you're looking at that. Um, and then in, in, in Dakota Bush training uh, with Smith Pitt and uh, some other gyms, he's doing a little bit of cross training. Uh, he's got teammates like Jake Collier, who's also <coughs> on the card, so pretty excited about that. Um, and a lot of the guys in that Missouri area, like, uh, you know, uh, James Krause and stuff like that, I believe he's been training with those guys in Glory as well. So, you know, you got uh, Grant Dawson, James Krause, and, uh, you know, and a host of other, you know, stud athletes from the Midwest that he's working with. So, like, boy, D. Minner. Yeah, and uh, Derek Minner as well. You know, that's, that's, that's a really good fight camp as well. So, both guys are. Are, uh, are stacked for this one. Um, it's tough to, for me to make a call in this, in, in this fight, but uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an underdog kind of guy. You know, what, the, what's the, what is the line on, on, the, 
on the Dakota. Looks like we're getting uh, plus 155 for Bush, so he would be the underdog. You know, and, and with Dakota coming off, you know, he, he did his pro debut or his uh, UFC debut and, and, and came off of a, a, you know, pretty, you know, heartbreaking loss there. You know, I, I know Dakota pretty well, and um, he's going to be really hungry. He's going to be uh, headhunting for this fight. So, you know, or, 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 he, or he might not, but, you know, I, I, want, I pick him for this, for this fight because of, you know, his sense of urgency is going to be pretty great. You know, the, the odds of him retaining a contract if he loses to the – to Borsha, you know, he, he, that's not an option for him. So uh, I take Dakota Bush in that fight. Um, and, uh, you know, no offense, Slava, you know, because Slava's my dude as well, you know, and he's a stud sure. as well. But uh, Well, and I know the, uh, you know, the value there, again, that, to me, that's a coin flip fight. You know, I fought at 55. I've done a ton of uh, research on guys about my weight and uh, watching those two guys, uh, such a close fight, such a such an even matchup where, you know, the, the value certainly is in Bush at plus 150. Um, but again, I don't ever like betting against those alpha male guys. You know, you've got, you know, you know Josh Emmett is, has been up there. He's, he's always knocking on the door for a title. You know, Andre Feely, I mean, my guy Clay Guida, you know, he's up there quite often. Even our boy Dwight Joseph, he's been up there training tons with those guys. I mean, they're, they just, anyone that's less than 155 pounds or less, that goes up there, you know, they, they sharpen up there. They're, they're a tough team. Um, and so, you know, I, I actually like that fight to go the distance um, more than I more than I would like a side. I want to say that over uh, uh, over two and a half rounds, yeah, it, it's plus 115. I think that's great value, you know, so you're getting a little bit of a, a little bit more money on that one. But then again, you know, they both have power, so <laughs> you never know. You know, Joe, you know, knowing you as a, you know, former lightweight, you know a lot of these lightweight guys, you've done a lot of research on them. Um, there's a lot of lightweights on this card. I mean, what fight are you picking on this card? Well, actually, the funny, the one I like more than that out of my weight class at 170 is uh, Court McGee and um, that Brahimai. Uh, both those guys are, well, of course, you know, I, we've done a lot of stuff with Court. I, you know, Ryan Jensen fought Court a few years ago, and I know, you know, for that camp we really – tried to, to, to train for him, and, and it was a great fight. You know, I think we kind of banged him up for a couple of rounds and got uh, worn out a little bit and, and choked at the end. Um, uh, but Court is, is as tough as they come. He's a battler. He's got a, I mean, amazing back play, if you've ever heard it. Um, you know, he kind of came out of, uh, you know, drugs and some, some bad, some dark place in his life and really changed it, turned it around with uh, professional fighting. And so that's always uh, awesome to, to see those stories of overcoming adversity. Um, and he's fighting this Brahimai, who is, uh, I believe, nine and three as a pro. Uh, I think all nine of his wins are by submission, and eight of them are by choke. And he has not gone. Let's see, he hasn't. He doesn't have a win that goes into the third round yet. And so you've got a guy like that fighting Court McGee, who is as durable as they come. He's never been submitted. He's again, he's really hard to get out of there. And so now you're looking at, you know, that thing's going to probably start the third round. And so with Brahimai, you know, you never know. Is he, if he's going to be able to last, <laughs> right? You know. Well, the thing about uh, Ramiz uh, Brahimai, he's out of Fortis Camp there in Dallas, um, and I mean he trains. I mean Fortis MMA is is is, is stacked with, with studs and stuff like that. What 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 Brahimai's record won't show you 
is, I mean, obviously all the, you know, a majority of his wins are by submission, of course, but that dude is a striker. He's a beast on the feet um, with his hands. Um, it's just kind of, it, it's, 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 a, it's a means for his submissions. You know, sure. it opens up his submission game, knocking dudes to the ground. They're dazed, they're confused, they're going to, you know, then he, then he sets up his chokes that way. Um, but, you know, you're, you're looking, you know, Court McGee, where he's this, this is a longtime veteran in the UFC. Then you've got hungry new talent in, in Ramiz. And, uh, man, it's, it's going to be an exciting fight to watch, that's for now, sure. The line on this is actually dead even. They're both minus 115 on this. Yep. Um, I mean, who are you picking on that? You talk a lot about it. Who are you picking? You know, I, I'll probably stick with the veteran um, just because – you know, I guess I'm an old guy, and maybe the old guy veteran. <laughs> but I'll take Court McGee at even money. Um, I just think he's going to be able to outlast him. Um, but the other thing is, is he's going to have to outlast the power, the durability, and the toughness also of Brahimai. Um, and nothing against him because I think he's ultra-talented. I know that, you know, the UFC likes to set up fights like this because you do have kind of that, like you said, you're ushering in the new talent and, and the young, hungry guys. And you kind of have guys like Court who you know have been there done that and so you know if you if you can pass that test you know now you belong in that you know race to the to the title um, if you know and if you fall you just have more work to do right um, but i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and take court mcgee on this one well i'm gonna i'm gonna take that bet with you right there i'm gonna, <laughs> go, right, I'm gonna go with uh brahimai on that um you know fighting under the general and uh coach safe at fortis mma man the, that guy just instills toughness, instills greatness in all of his fighters. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with Ramiz on that one. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I won't be surprised <laughs> if Brahimai takes a win there. But, you know, like I said, if, I, if I'm betting it, I'll bet it for you. Man, guys, this has been fun. We've had a lot of good picks there, a lot of good information. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe right here. We want to keep doing this. We want you guys to show us some support. Be sure to check us out next week as we break down the Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gahan fight. Gagne and Ngannou, that'll be a fun one. And don't forget to watch LFA 121. It's our first fight of the year, too. Uh, we're going down to Dallas, home place of uh, Fortis MMA as well. So uh, we got that fight Friday night, UFC Fight Pass. Awesome. Just, just a little plug right there. <laughs>